Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, hey, everybody. Hello. Uh, welcome to the intro we're gonna tell you as many things as we possibly can in the most compact (laughs) capsule of information that we can possibly manage buckle up we're gonna kick it off with the results of last episode's sexual tension awards uh this would be for fallen angel so sad to see in the fourth slot with eight percent of the vote uh Mulder and colonel calvin henderson who i would argue had something special. <laughs> Even more disappointing. In third place, it's NICAP and MF Looter with 17% of the vote. Oh. MF Looter deserved better mm-hmm. justice for MF Looter, mm-hmm. as I always say. In second place, with a mere, measly, scant 19% of the vote, it's Fox Mulder and the enigmatic Dr. Scully. People are thirsty, Jenny. People are thirsty. People are thirsty, and the drink that they ordered <laughs> is little ice cubes of themselves, buoyantly bobbling in a glass of a nice, tall, cool glass of Mulder in his wire rimmed glasses and his little polo shirt unbuttoned. 57% of the vote. Congrats to all of us, and also Mulder. I never thought that I would hear sex referred to as buoyantly bobbing, but here we are, you know? Well. (laughs) Bobbling? I think you might have even said bobbling. Yeah, I meant bobbing. I said bobbling. I've been watching a lot of baseball, and when they don't quite catch the ball, they bobble it. They're always talking about balls getting bobbled, and you know what? That could kick off its own sexual attention awards series for uh nesson's coverage of the boston red sox but we'll leave that for another day <laughs> um hey this episode that you're about to hear a uh, little episode called eve was recorded live uh i was in maine sitting next to jenny uh when this episode was taped and if you got to see the live recording you will know that jenny touched my shoulder a minimum of four hundred thousand times uh We cannot underestimate the power of the visual watch on this, and it means so much to us, in fact, that we have re-released the tickets to this live recording. This live recording is broadcasting for three more days right now until 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, June 30th. If you want to see what it looks like when Jenny touches my shoulder, it's there for you. If you want to see the graphics that go up every time you hear us say daddy and exsanguinated, that is there for you. If you want a Frank cam, there for you. Just something about this episode. There was something in the air. Uh, the stars aligned. Mm-hmm. We were positively unspooling. <laughs> And I feel like the visual really adds an extra added enhancing component to the experience. Enhanced by 10, for sure. (laughs) 
Um, also, special guest inside of this episode, Max Collins of Eve Six. You will hear our interview. Uh, what a delight to talk to Max about the naming of the band Eve Six after this episode <laughs> of television. If you want to see us talking, see us fucking around, seeing us saying smug bitch a bunch of times, you can go to bufferingcast.com slash stream. Again, three days and that's it. That's it. Just three days. You got three days to decide if you would like to see the chaos or not. Okay, now that we've finished talking about the possibility that you could watch us on a glowing screen, what if I told you you could also watch us with your naked eyeball in the same room as us whilst we do a couple of live tapings? Well, friends, your time has come. Saturday, September 9th, we will be in Boston at Arts at the Armory, covering Darkness Falls, and Sunday, September 10th, in Brooklyn, New York, at the Bell House, covering Tombs. It is the 30th anniversary of The X-Files, if you can believe it. Limited VIP tickets are available. They include a gorgeous screen-printed poster signed by us, and in Boston, there'll be a pre-show hangout. In Brooklyn, there'll be an after-party where we'll be dancing to 90s music and debating the existence of extraterrestrials. <laughs> you can get tickets and information and everything that you desire, I think, uh, in life at bufferingcast.com slash live or my preference of URL, bufferingcast.com slash and then 30 X's in a row. <laughs> Just 30 X's. Thank you. We have some schedule changes. Listen, we were supposed to air the next episode, Fire, next week. We are actually going to air this on July 19th. Now, before you get a frown, please. Well, I guess you have to get the frown if you're going to turn it upside down. So turn it upside down because we're going to be airing four episodes in a row to make up for that extra week away. Um, So we'll be back in the main feed July 19th with our coverage of Fire. And if you're a patron of ours, of course, you can catch us covering Buffy Season 8. We're covering um, a whole bunch of comics from the Predators and Prey uh, issue of Buffy Season 8. And that'll be up in the Patreon feed on July 12th. All details, as always, about the live shows, about the podcast schedule can be found at bufferingcast.com slash Jenny Calendar. Jenny, one last thing before we go uh, over into the episode. We asked <laughs> okay. folks, we asked folks uh, how, about hell math, right? A couple people said what I kind of thought myself, which is hell math is just hell math. And I don't even care that we're in outer space. It's hell math, you know? But then we got some sure, sure. suggestions. Billy uh, wrote in and suggested Spookulous. Ooh. Rebecca, this one made me fucking guffaw. Rebecca suggested cigarette smoking math. Hell yeah, Rebecca. Someone with the Twitter name Spineless Prickly Pear. Mulder, it's math. Very good. Fair. And then... L on Discord and literally 8 million other people suggested what I think might be the winner if we're moving away from Hellmath and into wanting to believe. Solve for X. Solving for X. I think that's it, Jenny. Beautiful. You know what this means. (gasps) What does it mean? It means you have to write a jingle. Oh, yay. (laughs) So now you're on the hook for Solve for X and enhance you've got two jingles yeah. that we're waiting yeah, i've got for. my work cut out for yeah. me you better get to work in the meantime let us let us get back to work over in maine a couple of weeks ago in jenny's studio being absolutely wild with a couple of cups of whiskey
Indeed. Are you Sally Kendrick? That's not my name. But she's me and I am her and we are all together. Did you work for the Luther State Center for Reproductive Medicine in 1985? In 1985? I'd been tied up like this for two years and for what reason? No reason. I did nothing. I'm just me. the EX Files, a buffering rewatch adventure where we're watching and discussing every episode of the X Files one by one. Spoiler free. I am Jenny Owen Youngs, ex-wife of Kristen Russo, and I grew up watching the X Files. And I am Kristen Russo, ex-wife of Jenny Owen Youngs, and I have only seen 11 episodes of the X Files. Today we are talking about season one, episode 11, Eve. Eve was written by Kenneth Biller and Chris Brancato, directed by Fred Gerber, and originally aired on December 10th, 1993. Just seven days before my 13th birthday. Well, that means the next episode is probably going to be on your birthday. (gasps) Fire? And I'm a fire sign. Oh my God, is it about Sagittarius's? Okay, I'll get there in my crystal ball. (laughs) I wonder if that guy's a Sagittarius. We'll get there. This is the one, according to IMDb, where Mulder and Scully search for two missing girls who disappeared after their fathers were murdered in an identical fashion. I'm sorry. It took everything in my body for me not to say exsanguinated, but I didn't. So. (laughs) Oh, you didn't? (laughs) Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Take it back. Producer LaToya Ferguson gives this episode a scary rating of three out of five. Tender hearts in a blender. Uh, let's play Let Us Know. She just learned the band Eve Six got their name from this episode. Um, do you want to get into the the ratings challenge? <laughs> Listen, Latoya just had a lot to say, and it all ended with, if you don't agree with my rating on this episode, it's actually Rishi's fault. So I don't <laughs> even want to... Yeah, without getting the stuff in the, in the middle. I like... Latoya sometimes feels, I think... Um, you know, uh, because she's so thoughtful and meticulous, uh, she feels the need to to justify her ratings to us. But we're actually just here for her ratings. Well, that's not true because I did I did challenge a rating oh. of hers in the past. I would never challenge Latoya. She because said that she already got a one, Jenny, a one for poltergeist. They don't do it for her, so and I respect that. Listen, if she called you little Kristen, you probably wouldn't challenge her either. That's true. I, what, what what would she call me if I started challenging her? <laughs> Teeny tiny Jenny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenny's really taking advantage of being in the same room with me. I don't think she's ever put her palm on my shoulder in a business-like fashion so much. Just a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you know we're together. Oh, boy. Um, Kristen. Jenny. Oh, my God. Can we set 
Okay, sorry. You were going to talk. No, I just want to. Why would it? Why would that ever stop? I don't, yeah, that's true. Uh, can we? Can we? You showed one of the graphics that we have today. Yeah, that's right. Can you show them the other graphics so everyone knows? So everyone's um, prepared. Prepared. What we're yeah. keeping track of. Yeah, what we're keeping track of, and when you should drink whatever you're drinking. Whatever you're drinking, your lemonade, your whiskey, what have you. Yeah. Here's the other keyword from today's episode. Yes. Key. It's daddy. There is a point in this episode of The X-Files where I believe that Daddy is said more times in a shorter span of time than ever recorded in television history. I haven't done the research, but I'll note it when we get there. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Just a reminder, at this point, Kristen has not seen any episodes of Red Shoe Diaries. Everybody keeps bringing up the Red... I was literally talking to Joanna Robinson on the way here, and Joanna Robinson was like, so, have you heard of the Red Shoe Diaries? And I was like, god damn it. Um, okay, so let's get into this. We open in Greenwich, Connecticut. <gasps> what do you think of when you think of Greenwich, Connecticut? Well, Kristen, mm-hmm. I went to SUNY Purchase mm-hmm. in Purchase, New York, which actually abuts Greenwich, Connecticut. Okay. My campus touched Greenwich, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I worked in Greenwich, Connecticut at an Italian restaurant. Um, and I sometimes, if things were very busy, I would wait tables and also deliver at the same time. Wow. And let me tell you, there are some big houses in Greenwich, Connecticut. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, my favorite thing was that the guy, the like the heir to the Elio's pizza fortune would come get our pizza. Oh, my God. And lived in Greenwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greenwich. I, I used to work at a hedge fund, as you know. And when I think of Greenwich, I think of a lot of the trader guys that worked at the hedge fund. They would come in from their house in Greenwich. Right, right. Uh, if I were you, every time I said I used to work at a hedge fund, I would say, but not in a rich way. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be like super clear. <laughs> I was the receptionist uh, and a personal assistant. But I mean, I was still richer then than probably I'll ever be again in my mm. life. But yeah, Greenwich is a very rich place. <laughs> So we open in Greenwich at a big house. Uh, Latoya, Latoya has two notes. Producer Latoya Ferguson, of course, has two notes uh, for us, both involving white nonsense. And this is the first one. Uh, the opening scene, says Latoya, is white nonsense. That couple coming up to that creepy little girl with her big ass stuffed bunny could not <laughs> be me. Um, these two joggers see Tina. Yeah. Did you happen to notice that this, I assume, husband and wife, um, are wearing like the same outfit and have the same haircut. Yeah, they. I know that I bring up Todd and Margot from Christmas Vacation yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. but, but they, they are... at least have very different hair. These two, it's like in an episode about clones. This yeah. is how you're gonna kick it off. <laughs> oh my god, do you think the neighbors are clones too? Um, yeah, they're they're very concerned because it's kind of chilly, and this little girl is standing at the end of the driveway, and they go up. <laughs> There's some weird dialogue in the scene where Tina says, he told me he needed some time for himself, and the neighbor says, I'd say his time is up. What? What? <laughs> anyway, we go to the backyard. Joel, Dad Joel, is on the swing set. Oh, yeah. Never approach an unmoving man with a, his head slumped in the side on a swing set if he's facing away from you. Because most likely when you get there, you will discover two puncture wounds on his neck and a very obvious gray makeup on his face that very clearly ends right at the jawline below which he is uh, live and pink. So th- so if you exsanguinate someone, it doesn't come out of their face more than the rest of their body? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't think so. Tina screams. 
It's not a great scream, um, but the next one, she she has a good scream and a not great scream. The scream medium on the Kristen ranking. Mm. Um, I have so many questions, and I don't know if I should ask them now or later. Um, but I don't. I know that our our hot button word here is exsanguination. Mm-hmm. I don't actually understand that part at all about these two fathers. So, uh, do you? Um, you're saying, wh- what is your precise question? My, my, my question is, Tina, we learned that Tina and her clone are, they killed their fathers because mm-hmm. they belonged to no one. They were not born. They were created, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They killed their fathers using a poison. Paralytic. A pa- but why did they take all the blood out of their father's bodies? Where is the blood? What happened um, to the blood? We don't. <laughs> what happened to the blood? Is it pumped out of? Uh, the body. Uh, Mulder will explain it to you in just okay. a sh- one <laughs> okay. short scene from now. But as far as their motives, like, I don't know if that's where you're eventually headed because, like, okay, they want to get away from their parents. Sure. They want to find each other? Question mark. Mm-hmm. They want to find the other Eves? Question mark. Sure. Then why? Then why so many other things that we're going to discuss as they occur? But right, and maybe the- we should ask the big questions of why at the end okay. after we've gotten through all the okay. stuff. Okay, but also just everyone in the chat is also saying where did the blood go, which is another one of my questions. Thank you, everybody in the chat. Oh right, it's like wo- where did it actually go? What did they do with all the blood? Yeah, why isn't it under him? We also started the whole episode. We didn't talk about our big feelings. What are your big feelings on the episode Eve from X Files? I. You would not have believed how loudly my jaw hit the floor when I looked up the stuff for the intro, like the the details for our episode intro, and discovered that this was not a Wong and Morgan episode. Oh. In my memory, it's all them. Um, but no. However, mm-hmm. uh, as you enlightened me. Oh, yeah. This is good. You yeah. Guys. Tina and Cindy are named after James Wong and Glenn Morgan's wives. <laughs> What a beautiful tribute. Uh, <laughs> find yourself a man whose co-worker will name a creepy clone twin child after you. That's pretty fun, don't you think? I would like a creepy twin named after me. I thought this was a very if fun you're, episode. If you're planning on having creepy twins, please consider naming them Kristen and Jenny. <laughs> um... I I enjoyed this episode as we will talk about uh, when we go through beat by beat. There's <laughs> oh this episode rips. Yeah. Sorry, that's my biggest thought. Okay. This it's rips. really fun. It's a really really fun episode. Uh, the the twins are creepy as fuck. Also, you cannot find these girls um their sister so they are twins clearly and they have a sister and their sister is some like famous youtuber called like glam glam it up or something like that <laughs> glam for you glam for you number four um but they're they're nowhere to be found um which i in my opinion is its own x-file so if you have seen either one of these two twins let us know but I think that they do a great job. I think the direction is fucking great in this episode. Latoya had that note as well. Very, very cool direction. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some stuff at the end that gets a little funny to me, but I'm like totally down for it. I'm I'm totally down because overall, very fun, very good. An episode that gives us no aliens and is notably the first time that Mulder has posited that it's aliens and it in fact is is definitely not aliens. Well, unless they're working with the aliens and we just didn't get a chance to see it. Jenny throws her file down on the desk. Ever heard of the blood-supping alien, Kristen? 
ever heard of the IVF alien? Yeah. Um, okay. okay. So we like the episode. We like the episode. The eaves are creepy. Oh, yeah. So good. And here we go. Um, after we get this scream, uh, Tina says, Daddy! First daddy. Please, somebody keep a tally. I counted 10, but I I could be wrong. This is one. Yeah. Uh, and then the the neighbor holds her and she turns her head and looks back at her daddy again and says, Daddy. Oh, so there's two. Yeah. <laughs> two daddies. Okay. Great. There's a yell and a mule. Mew. Mew. Mewed. M-E-W. Mew. Like yeah. a cat. Yeah. So we go to the credits. We go to the J. Edgar Hoover building um, and Scully. Uh, the medical doctor that she is is mm. explaining that uh, 75% blood loss is over four liters of blood. Kristen is in the back of the room saying, but where is it? <laughs> where did it go? Uh, I've never, I'd never heard the word uh, hypovolemia before. What does it mean? Uh, death by, I'm assuming blood loss. <laughs> Isn't that just a, another word for, oh, you can you be exsanguinated without dying? I think exsanguination is the the draining, but it's not like a a um a, a diagnosis verdict. Not a medical verdict. Mm. Um so we learn that uh this girl was eight years old. She doesn't remember anything at all. Uh, she was only away from her dad's side for ten minutes, uh, and there were two small puncture wounds in the jugular of this man. The fact that Mulder does not one time suggest vampires, uh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. How does no what? one, even Scully jokingly, would like even Scully would have made a joke about a vampire. Right? Where is the... It's like they know we're watching and they're just like negging us, you know? <laughs> and, I, and I don't like it. And it like doesn't it feel good. <laughs> um. Guess what, Jenny? Hmm. We get something really important. What is that? It's a fucking slideshow. <gasps> Mulder has a slideshow. <laughs> Are you on... at all familiar with the phenomenon of cattle mutilations? <laughs> I actually was familiar with the phenomenon of Me too. cattle mutilations. This is a real thing. Uh, don't you wish that you would come over to my house like you are right now, <laughs> and the first thing that would happen is I would dim all the lights turn on the projector and show you a bunch of pictures of mutilated cattle. I mean, like, you... For work? You don't do that exactly, but honestly, it's not that far away from real life with Jenny Onion. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so, yeah, he... Dude, I wrote, this is Mulder foreplay. Yeah, I, I literally was about to say, he sexily <laughs> shows Scully a click, bunch of dead click, cows. Click, if you know what I mean. Um, people screaming in the chat, update the abacus. Listen, I update the abacus, so I can't do both at the same time, but... Don't panic. I will update the abacus mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, for that slideshow. Um, okay. So Mulder, what do you think Mulder thinks it is? Aliens. Of course, Mulder thinks it's aliens. Mm -hmm. um, he does say exsanguination. <laughs> <laughs> and then he describes uh, he describes the process. Are you ready? I'm ready. And also, any medical doctors in the chat, please speak up if this is accurate or not. It sounds like almost accurate. You know what I mean? He says, if you were to stick a needle in the jugular of any living creature, the heart itself would act as a pump. Well, it does. It, it would it would pump some stuff out. But all right, of it? right, right, right. But all of it? Who knows? I mean, would he have had to be like lying on his back or something? Please turn on your attendant call light if you are a doctor. Please. <laughs> Did I tell you? 
I think I did tell you the last time I flew, uh, they 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 called for a doctor mm-hmm. over the PA. The pilot did, or a flight attendant, I guess. And um, like every freaking light went off. It was like ding 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 ding. I was like a doctor convention. I was on my way to LA, and there was a doctor convention. <laughs> And all oh these God. times, so like thirty people all went to the front of the plane, including the woman who was like sitting right next to me. Do you think that they knew and they just played a prank? They were like, "Dude, dude, go on the go yeah, on the yeah, PA." Yeah. We do this every year for the convention, actually. <laughs> wow, what an incredible plane to need medical attention on. Yeah, if I was like, Ugh, if this was, if I, ha- if it has to happen to me one time in my life, I wish it would have been this plane. <laughs> um. Okay, so. Scully is like, why would aliens want to mutilate cows? Which I feel like is a silly question. And Mulder answers it like it's kind of silly. Because like clearly to do research, the same reason that we do bad things to animals, right? It's like we're, there's research. They're trying to figure things out. So clearly they just want to know like how a cow works. But um, I don't know. I cows, feel like how do they work? I feel like uh, small branches could grow off of the tree of the central question that like would maybe add heft to Scully's inquiry. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I started the sentence, I had a very cool point that you were going to love. I, I know well, like, what it why was. Why cattle? Oh, I thought your point was going to be like, if aliens could get all the way fucking here, right? Like, fu- yeah. like just eons beyond us. Would they really <laughs> need? Kristen's assuming they're very far away. Uh, <laughs> They wouldn't be, like, from around here. (laughs) But, like, if they could do things that we clearly could not do, why would they need to, like, slice and dice a cow? Like, I I could get behind it if that was your argument. But want to. uh, Anyway, Mulder is, like, for research, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So let's go to the social services hostel in Greenwich, Connecticut. Um, Listen... If I could have found a purple trench coat, I would have. Uh... They each wear at least two different trench coats in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scully's is fucking purple. It is great. Um, okay, here's the moment, Jenny. Do you want to read it? Did you write them all down? I don't know. Go ahead. Say, what, you write? say what you were going to say, and then I'll get to mine. Well, I was going to say, okay, they, they come in to talk to Tina. Mm-hmm. Scully's approach is, I know you must be feeling sad right now and scared. Mulder's approaches. Nice bunny, Tina. Yeah. Okay, I would like to read to you. Um, please ready your trigger finger. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm ready. I would like to read to you what um, Scully says mm-hmm. to this this smug bitch, as I refer to her, to Tina in my <laughs> the notes. child. The child. She okay. is a smug. She is like, I'm going to kill you later. <laughs> um, okay, Scully says, I know you must be feeling scared. But we want to know what happened so we can find out who hurt your daddy. Any strangers with your daddy? Anyone yell at your daddy? Or did your daddy yell at them? Can you think of anyone who might want to hurt your daddy? (laughs) She says daddy five times. Five times in like under 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Please show me any footage of anyone in the universe saying daddy, except for me recording this podcast in a shorter span of time. (laughs) Yeah. Rebecca in the chat said of the two of them, Scully is daddy. (laughs) You are not wrong, Rebecca. Uh, Shout out to daddy of the pod, LaToya Ferguson. Mm. Okay. 
So I have another question. I know you don't like when I ask questions, but <laughs> me? Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> so this uh, smug, can I just call Tina the smug bitch from now on? Is that rude? Because she's a child? Is that why I get in trouble? <laughs> no, no, go ahead, I get go canceled ahead. if I call Tina a smug bitch? <laughs> this smug bitch is like, there was red lightning. It all went dark. The men from the clouds were after... <laughs> My dad, does she know? Did she pull the file on yeah. Mulder? Like, <laughs> she, like, she, she, she looked into the mirror because she was like, I haven't met up with my clone yet. So I'm just going to have this interaction with my reflection. Tosses a file down. Ever heard of this guy at the FBI called Fox Mulder? He's really into alien it's shit. Just, like she literally how knows does she have his number right that's what i'm saying like i know they're really smart and they're really strong and all the other stuff but like how does she know that Mulder wants to hear about aliens what everyone is just saying the number four and i have no idea why because you're all on a lag from us so <laughs> something was four. <laughs> oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. did you know that Mulder then asks her what the men from the clouds wanted with her Daddy, and <laughs> the quickest flash of and daddy she says the they wanted to exsanguinate. Him. <laughs> oh my god, a double fucking whammy! Guess I got a drink for that. Yeah, I guess we both got a drink for that. All right, Scully gets a call. There's been another one, another exsanguination. It's across the country. It's in Mar- Marin, sorry, Marin County. I know how to pronounce that, Jenny, because this is the birthplace of Joanna fucking Robinson. Did you know? I did. Yeah, we're, we're friends with Joanna, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> so they have, like, the same swing set. They basically get to this house, and they're like, this is a mirror image. How did these, <laughs> how did these smug bitches <laughs> manipulate their parents into having identical yards and the same swing set? Uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, how are their homes the same? Kristen. Yes. <laughs> a bigger mystery? Uh-huh. <laughs> how does... Medical doctor, Dana Scully. Not know about time zones, Kristen. (laughs) She's like, Dana Scully just found out about Pacific Standard Time. She's like, the first thing they teach you in the FBI is not time zones. (laughs) That's true. They were only three hours apart. Mulder's like, "Uh, Scully, that's the same. It was the same time. If anything, Scully should be time zone splaining to Mulder. (laughs) Please. But also, like, at this moment, so she didn't know about time zones. Hilarious. (laughs) And then... Scully's like it appears. This is Scully is a full Mulder in this moment. Scully's like it appears we have two serial killers working in tandem. Okay. <clears throat> However, mm-hmm. um, the world's greatest serial killer profile has something to say about this, <laughs> which is that serial killers rarely uh, work together, and when they do, they kill together, not separately. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. Are you? Did you just see the way that she looked into my eyes when she said that? Mulder says, even money, what a phrase, even money Hmm. that uh, this other girl will remember red lightning. I mean, honestly, and she will, because these little smug bitches are (laughs) talking to each other through the clouds. You know what I'm saying? So So we go back to the social services hostel where, okay, is it Eve... Sa- is it Sally in on both coasts? Sally coast to coast, or is it? It, it does Eve eight get involved any at any point before the end? 
I don't think so. I think Sally Kendrick it's is Sally. working by herself. Wait. Yes. Kidnapping so, one at a time. Yes. So there we go. So Sally. So many clones. So we don't know it's Sally, right? We see uh, Tina. She's scared. She gets out of bed. She hears something. She knows how to put the chair right under that door. There's a loud banging, which no one hears. She hides mm -hmm. under the bed. I wonder why she knows what the other one, Cindy. Cindy? Mm-hmm. I wonder why she knows what Cindy is thinking all the time, but she doesn't like the parent Eves don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Wouldn't she know that this was mm. Eve's, uh, Eve Sally? I call them Eve Sally, Eve Tina. Eve. Well, <laughs> Kristen, as, as uh, Eve Sally will tell us later, uh, it seems that these two are accelerated, accelerated in their development. So maybe that's something that, you know, they have like disjointed them from the from yeah. the original batch. Um. Well, Eve Sally grabs her. This is where Tina gets great horror scream notes from me, Kristen Russo. This is a great, great scream. Oh, yeah, okay. It's pouring rain outside, and the bunny is left behind. This is how we know it's trouble for our Only tiny Tina. in Fairfield County, Connecticut, does the uh, foster home have a door that opens onto the balcony <laughs> so the in lanai your bedroom. in the social services oh no you're an orphan here's your lanai uh, uh, they're rich olympic Greenwich. size swimming pool surrounded by uh, tiki lanterns <laughs> it's very lush uh, um okay scully tells Mulder that tina was taken um <laughs> by someone I wish that we had kept track of the amount of times that anyone on this show <laughs> says someone or something. And that's what Mulder says. Um, oh, mm. sorry. I just want to mention that um, dropped and abandoned in the rain. Mm -hmm. Tina's bunny. I know. I said that already. Oh, I also just want to point out that sometimes I don't listen to you when you talk. <laughs> cool. Great. Sure. That's fine. I love but that. But it's only because I'm thinking about touching your shoulder. Yeah. So I'm distracted. <laughs> as as connected as the Eve twins are, is as disconnected as we are. Oh. We don't even hear each other when we speak to each other. Kristen, it's too warm. It's in this really room. warm. It's... But you have like a cool jacket or shirt and tie, and I don't. So I'm keeping my trench on. Oh, okay, okay. But let me wait for you to stop making all your damn noise over here. Jenny drank her whiskey is almost gone. So welcome to yes. the rest of your life. Hell yes. Uh, um, Scully's hair looks fucking fantastic in this entire episode oh it yeah looks so good i feel yeah. like they have figured it out and i hope that they stay here <laughs> um okay so they go to the door of the house because this child is home now and fucking uh-oh it's tina but it's not yeah except jenny finished her whiskey and is chewing on the ice let me live woman oh so close <laughs> um did you notice that Mulder uses the shave and a haircut knock at the door? <laughs> but sa but sadly, and I know that something inside of him dies when this happens. No, no. answer. Does he know two do bits? So he just does he just a shave and a haircut. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, Dude. Yes, please. <laughs> I would like to talk about it as well. Go ahead. So the girl answers the door. We're all like, that's Tina. But no, she's like, I'm Cindy, Cindy Reardon. Mulder says, do you live here, Cindy? And Cindy says, and this is how I answer every question me always too. anyone ever asked me. Me too. Ever since I was born eight years ago. Ever since I was born eight years ago. I mean, like, it is pretty funny 
for everyone except maybe you who start every podcast by telling us how many days before whatever <laughs> you are actually are closer to this people are always like jenny do you have blue eyes and i say yes i do ever since i was born 41 years oh ago oh my god i just realized why everyone is saying numbers in the chat it's, it's every the time touch. you touch my shoulder yeah Okay, yes. Uh, she's lived there ever since she was born eight years ago. <laughs> Cut to commercial. <laughs> we like this show, just to be clear. Oh my God, we love the show, especially show. this it's episode. Just, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, we're having a blast. Cindy is watching television, but she fucking hates cartoons. Yeah, she's like, eat the cat, no thanks. I'd like CNN, please. She's like a smug bitch, watches CNN. Thank you very much. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Reardon um, says that she was uh, someone's little girl. <gasps> Whose little girl was it, Jenny? Wait, what? <laughs> it was Daddy's little girl. <laughs> this fucking bitch. Sorry, I got distracted because Mrs. Reardon mm-hmm. walks in. Okay, Mulder and Scully are watching with I don't know bemusement mm-hmm. as um, Cindy switches from Eek the Cat to some politics stuff, uh-huh. and then Mrs. Reardon walks into the kitchen Mm -hmm. holding three coffee mugs that she just went somewhere else in the house to get. (laughs) They were right on the edge. Exactly. (laughs) And then she pours three cups of coffee all the way to the tip top as you do. And then just like stomps her feet a bunch of times to see what might happen to the coffee. (laughs) Okay. So we learn that uh, Cindy was not adopted because clearly they're like these these must be twins, right? They must be like separated at birth twins heard of those before scully Um, just coarsely leaping in is she yours scully's like show me the fucking receipts like (laughs) no bedside manner can i see your stretch marks yeah (laughs) um they show this they show mrs reardon uh, a photo of tina with her dad which like explain this to this poor woman explain this don't just show because the woman is like is that the man that killed my husband what is she doing with my daughter like just give her some context please we learned that she tried for six years to get pregnant Mulder from like the back corner is like (laughs) in vitro fertilization he is like he has the energy of someone like who's been hidden heretofore (laughs) popping up out of like a really big planter with like the plant on top of his head you know um, so, I mean, to be fair, I'm, I jest, uh, but IVF in vitro fertilization in the year 2023 is a lot more common. Uh, you know, it's a thing that people speak about way more. And in 1993 was uh, spoken about in a very different way. Maybe not with Mulder popping out with a plant on his head, but still <laughs> it was not as in common dialogue as it is. And now, so we learn about the Luther Stapes clinic. We do. That's where Mrs. Reardon mm-hmm. did her IVF. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scully and Mulder pop outside and Scully is like, in your face, Mulder, no red lightning. Mulder, no aliens. Mulder takes this opportunity un- mm-hmm. undeterred to say exsanguinated one more time. One more time. Um, we're in the car. Mulder says one girl was abducted. Scully says kidnapped. Mulder says potato, potato. Uh, Mulder decides he's going to stay back, keep an eye on Cindy, because mm-hmm. clearly if Tina was abducted, there's a danger to this girl as well. I'm sorry, this smug bitch as well. <laughs> Scully, you told me I keep saying it. You told me I wouldn't be canceled. Okay, well, maybe just like, just dial it back know, a little yeah. bit, a couple notches. Okay. Um, Scully's going to go check out the Luther Stapes Clinic. Okay. 
technically this man doesn't have a ponytail and I have had to check every single time I watch this episode, <laughs> but he really looks like he should. Mm. He has like huge ponytail energy. So I'm, I'm just calling him Dr. Ponytail. Yeah, that's great. Um, I support it. Dr. Ponytail proceeds to explain IVF to Dana Scully, who is a medical doctor who I feel like would oh. have, I know it's 1993, <laughs> but I just feel like Scully knows what IVF is and okay. how it works. But she's like, but is it's it for us? It's for us. She's like, is it possible to have the wrong egg implanted? And the doctor's like, <laughs> definitely not, except for definitely maybe. <laughs> it's like basically. He's like, definitely not. Scully's like, what's up with Sally Kendrick? And he's like, oh no. He's like, that's that smug one. bitch. <laughs> that's that cursed woman <laughs> Who was tampering with eugenics? No way. There's no way that this ever happened, except for absolutely there was a woman who worked here who fucked around with everything in the lab for like a full several years before. I just didn't expect you to bring her up. That's all. (laughs) Okay, so we see this video of Sally Kendrick. Uh, LaToya noted that she loved this transition. We both loved it as well. It sort of like goes into the video when Scully is watching it in the doctor's office and then comes out of the image in the hotel room. Where they're watching a VHS tape. Yeah, hotel rooms, you know, in 1993. They came with VHS. Um, Uh, Mulder's wearing his rimmed glasses again. Scully's wearing her little cross necklace outside of her shirt again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Uh, It's mm -hmm, looking good at the motel. Yes, I agree. I've decided that in every episode from now on, my scene location for the hotel is Hotel Motel Holiday Inn. (laughs) You haven't heard our episode for Fallen Angel yet, but it begins there. Um, (laughs) Okay, so we learn that uh, Sally Kendrick was a resident in 85. She was brilliant. They were thrilled. This doctor you know, found her tampering, tried to request an investigation. For whatever reason, his requests were denied mm. and she disappeared. Then to your point, my next note is Mulder looks hot. <laughs> um, uh, so, okay, the phone rings. <clears throat> Ring-a-ding. Scully is like, hello, Mulder's room. And it's like, click, 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 click. And Scully's like, oh, must be a wrong number. The first thing they teach you at the academy is definitely not what it sounds like when your phone is being tapped or you're receiving like a weird message. Um, I have a I have a big question. Mm-hmm. Is it why is my my hair's frizzing? Is it humid in here? You know, it's just warm. You know, all the equipment, all of, yeah. the temperatures rising. Um, it's the trench coat. <laughs> it is the trench. Okay, continue. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, okay, well, first of all, Mulder's like, well, yeah, uh, yeah, there were some clicks, so uh, yeah, you should go. I'm going to watch a movie. No big deal. I'm going to watch Red Shoe Diaries. You should really go. And Scully's like, do you have a girl coming over? And Mulder's like, what's a girl? What's a girl? This is the reverse of do you have a date? Mm-hmm. Now everyone's jealous of everyone. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Kiss. It's really heating up. Okay, so... How do you know that a couple clicks means meet me by the docks in this town where you're visiting? It's like, you know how like queer folks uh, flag, you know, it's like the deep throat molder flagging. They have like their own flagging system, like two clicks for the water location. Okay. First of all, deep throat molder flagging sounds like (laughs) something that's not appropriate for our family show. It's true. It's true. Um, But yeah, I think that's what the vibe is. No, no, no. I need a little bit more. I think what I think the truth is that he called. He hung up because it was Scully. He hates Scully. 
So Mulder <laughs> knew to get Scully out of there so he could call Deep Throat back. Okay, okay. Right? They have each other's phone numbers. They've um, got a system. Okay, they've got a system. Moody water... Do you see my location here? Moody water location. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Mulder's eating his fucking sunflower. Did he just keep him in his trench coat? Po- Did you put any sunflower seeds in your trench coat pocket? You know, I didn't, Damn. and that was a mistake. That was a big mistake. He's eating his seeds, and... Deep Throat is like, did I ever tell you about the Litchfield projects? Why is this man here? Why is he here? I know you can't answer that because I'm the unspoiled amongst us, but. He's a man about town, you know. He's uh, got a lot of pots on the stove, a lot of pies in the oven. It just, you know, in fall, at the end of Fallen Angel, it's like they have Deep Throat twist his mustache, right? Like, mm, I'm actually the enemy of Mulder and I'm keeping him close for whatever. But if, if and I don't actually believe that. Oh, we'll get that. We'll get more to that in the Crystal Ball segment. But if Deep Throat is actually trying to just keep Mulder close for that reason, why would he give him information that probably they would not have found out. They wouldn't have found out about the Litchfield projects, right? (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along. We learned about the Litchfield projects. Jenny, what happened uh, in the 1950s? Well, uh, in the 50s... (laughs) Sorry, somebody in the chat said smug bitch, deep throat. Deep Throat is legit. Deep Throat is the original (laughs) smug bitch, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Back in the 50s, Russia was messing around with eugenics. And the United States was like, me too, me too. Classic. (laughs) Uh, So they rustled up a little program, Mm -hmm. uh, created a group of genetically raised children. They monitored them. Why would they name them all the same name? Doesn't that seem like just generally confusing? Like like when it was time for the boys to line up, would they just be like Adams? Well, I think Kristen probably is is um some kind of psychological thing where you don't want to like mm-hmm. let your scientists get, get attached. <gasps> so yeah, yeah, yeah. don't see them as, you know, individual human beings. See right. them as subjects. Okay, got it. So they gave them I mean, we don't learn this part here, but they they basically were engineering um these humans with 56 chromosomes instead of 42 to try to make an army of clones a clone army ever heard of it (laughs) uh that's so many chromosomes it's a lot of chromosomes um and deep throat is like there's this lady you should see um we fade through to are you gonna make it yeah i'm just excited We fade through to the Litchfield Detention Center. Scully and Mulder are given panic buttons. Can anyone tell us if this is real? This feels, is this real? Do you get a panic button if you go to a, a Litchfield uh, Detention Center? Or? I feel like this is not, this is in no way an indication of whether or not it's real, but mm. I feel like this is not the only time I've seen a, you know, max security situation, like mm-hmm. a scenario on TV where people Have. are given a panic button. Okay. So they're given a panic button. So it at least is going on in other TV shows. Okay, great. Maybe well, because of this TV show. That's actually the best way to fact check anything. If it's happening I've always in more said than two TV shows, it is true. Um, okay. 
Latoya asks a good question, which is how did Mulder explain this to Scully? Like Scully, <laughs> I was just on like askjeeves.com <laughs> and I found this out. Who knows? But they're there. Very Silence of the Lamb vibes. Oh, yeah. Scully's now wearing a purple shirt and a purple trench coat. Okay. Um, I, I posit, Jenny, that you know how Buffy's color is baby blue? Mm-hmm. Maybe Scully's color is purple. Oh, and maybe it's because of the Lord? Because she's Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get a zoom in on a very important sign. This is the sign that identifies uh, this person inside of the cell. And this is a great moment to let you know, if you don't already, that Jenny and I got to sit down and talk to Max Collins, who is the lead singer of a band called Eve Six. They took their name from this episode of television, and we are going to show you our conversation with Max. Are you ready? They said yes. (laughs) Who could have ever guessed that one day (laughs) this would happen? We are here speaking with Max Collins of the band Eve Six. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so much for for asking me to. This is this is great. I impressed everyone because I never know. I never know anything. I I haven't seen the X Files ever before. Um, I, you know, so many cultural references just go right past me. Everyone <laughs> says, "What did you do in the '90s?" Uh, and when I was told about the fact that you were going to come on the podcast, I surprised everyone by simply reciting like all of the lyrics. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yes. like I have yeah. this actually. This is one of my areas of expertise. Thank you very much. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so the hottest question on our minds uh, as pertains to specifically the episode we're discussing. Your band name is Eve Six. Uh Eve Six is hmm, the scariest, maybe, of the cl- hmm, maybe they're all equally scary or mostly equally scary. Can you recount for us? how this came to be your band name and if there's a particular allegiance uh to eve six specifically tell us all about it okay um yeah so we were we were actually in the studio recording our first album when we needed to come up with a band's name believe it or not well i guess not (laughs) needed to it was strongly suggested by our A&R guy at the time that we changed our band name because we were called 11 teen and he thought that the fact that we were literal teenagers made that too on the nose or something I don't know mm. I still think 11 teen is kind of cute but um so he was like you know we need a new band name so we were sort of you know the antennae were up and we we're like okay what should we call this thing and um, part of our kind of ritual in the studio was um, after we finished recording, our erstwhile drummer would put put on a VHS copy of um, an X Files episode. Yes. We were moving, we were moving through it, and he had been, um, you know, devoted to the show for a long time. It was completely new to my myself and our guitar player, and we were instantly very much in you know you mentioned eve six being the scare possibly the scary she's the most overtly Mm -hmm. most obviously scary um (laughs) eve right 
<laughs> and yeah, you know, before they go into her cell for the first time, there's that little plaque thing sign above above her cell that says Eve Six. And it just I was like, that sounds like a fucking band name to me. Um <laughs> it sort of merged two of the zeitgeists around band names at the time. One, one being, you know like having a woman's name in the band and the other being mm. a number thing. Mm-hmm, the, the, mm-hmm. the woman's name thing was maybe sort of on the way out and the number thing was was coming in. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just it just struck me as kind of instantly a little bit iconic, you know, and I was like, you, I think I think we roll with this. And, you know, it was one of those rare, rare moments in like a, a band's life where everyone sort of agreed instantaneously. <laughs> And uh, and that was that. Yeah, you got to jump on those opportunities when they arise. You you really do. Those are those are tiny miracles. When I saw that <laughs> zoom in on the plaque, I thought maybe this was like the moment. It really is. Like, that they was really go for it. You know, they really go for it. That was hundred percent the moment. It was the zoom in on the plaque, which I think is before she's even been revealed, right? Yeah. And then they yeah, go yeah. in. Yeah. They go in and they're scanning their flashlights and you don't see anything. And then there she is in her straight jacket, (laughs) you know, in the corner looking creepy. Have you done, did you do things with the show ever? Like, did they ever say, can you play a con or anything like that? No, no, we didn't. I mean, I have had since some interactions with the actress um, who played Eve and she seems really cool but yeah yeah no we never we never you know you know did any cross branding or anything like that with uh with the x-files there was a very very weird thing that happened um where because our band broke up in like what would it have been oh five somewhere around there for for a few years and we didn't think that we were, I certainly didn't think that we'd be playing together as a band again. Um, but then of course we, you know, started to consider it. I started to consider it. And the, the day that we decided, okay, let's start playing out live again and see how this thing feels. Our ex drummer was at the one one cafe. I'm pretty sure it was Harriet Harris and not one of the twins, especially since they're off the map and haven't been seen anywhere, was there. She was there at the one-on-one cafe. After this was the day that we'd said, okay, we're going to be, we're going to do Eve Six again. She was there at the one-on-one cafe at the same time as our drummer. He called me saying, you're not going to believe this. That's spooky. Very spooky. (laughs) Very spooky. If you found out tomorrow that you had a clone or okay let's bump it up two clones um do you feel like what what feels like more manageable in your in your mind uh a band with uh two people who aren't your clones or like a band of three of you oh man a band of three of me wouldn't be able to figure out how to get to tulsa for the (laughs) For you know, for the casino yeah. show, you know, I mean, it wouldn't, yeah. it it wouldn't happen. You know, nothing would 
go nothing would happen um okay 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 you gotta have yeah, you so gotta that, have like the admin minded person the yes, organized very, person very much the smart guy and i need, <laughs> I need my smart guy in the band so we have a question that we ask everyone um at the end of our interviews uh and jenny would you like to do the honors or would you like me to ask the final question i always get to do it you should go That's for true. it i was like oh she always gets to do it i always give her the chance to do it <laughs> Um, all right. So, uh, Max, do you believe in the existence of extraterrestrials? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's probably stuff out there. It's, you know, I but but I but I also think um, I also think kind of the truth of the X-Files is more that um aliens and alien life are kind of convenient uh carrots for um you know power to dangle in front of our eyes to get us to look the other way or or to um you know create a sense of a sense of threat for purposes of control i don't think i i i don't think we've I don't think they've come close to us. They're probably in universes, you know, that are too far away to even fathom. And uh, yeah, that's sort of where I come down. But I I'm also don't know what I'm talking about. So. <laughs> I was going to I was going to follow it up by asking, are you a Scully or are you a Mulder? But you're you kind of have both going on. You're like, they're probably not around here. But also yeah. uh, the illusion of them is probably being used by forces above <laughs> us to right, I, us. <laughs> right. I, right. In 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 right. In saying that I I, you know, I'm I'm too rational to believe in aliens. I end up sound crazy, end up sounding crazier and stupider. <laughs> or just more prepared, you know? Maybe, you maybe. Keep an eye out. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> this has been yeah. very cool uh for so many reasons it is you know we've interviewed a couple of folks from like who've been on the show but this is just so delightful um i'm very glad to i i came the reverse way from jenny i would imagine that jenny saw the episode eve before learning of uh eve six i of course knew eve six well before ever seeing the <laughs> x files so i'm glad that we're now all on the same page we now all have the Hell same yeah. case full of information <laughs> But yeah, me too. So this much. is cool. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This was really fun. I appreciate yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome back. Max Collins. Hey. What a guy. Like, seriously, the best. And I, maybe I said this to Max in the conversation, but I uh, was a huge Eve 6 fan, am a huge Eve 6 fan, was so excited that he talked to us. Um, very, very cool. Very fun. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. 
Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go past the sign. Let's go past the Eve 6 sign. A pivotal moment for the band, for all of us who then got to listen to the band. But we go in. The guard, first of all, has been like, hey, Scully, Mulder, heard you two like flashlights. Hook you up, you know, (laughs) gives them some flashlights because Eve six does not like any lights and no one has gotten a very good look at her. In fact, this seems, yeah, (laughs) it seems off. She's got art on the walls. Uh, I feel like a lot of things indicate that this is bunk. I I agree. Also, I don't think that they really care about what you prefer in a detention center, you know, and Mm. like, I understand that she gets violent. She will get to some of the things that she does, but, um, still this is the vibe. They go in with their flashlights. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm Um, and she says, so I guess you found what you're looking for. One of us. At least. And Scully, in all fairness, is like, this is Sally Kendrick. I I just saw a video. I just saw VHS of this woman moments ago. This is Sally Kendrick. But it's not. Uh, Eve 6, Eve 7, Eve 8. They're all played by Harriet Harris. I say in my notes, Harriet Harris, yes, you can. And Latoya says, Harriet Sampson Harris is that bitch. Uh, this actress is incredible. Uh, Latoya points out she is iconic on Frasier as Frasier's cutthroat agent, B.B. Glazer. Iconic as an antagonist on Desperate Housewives. Iconic on her one hilarious scene in Licorice Pizza. Iconic winning a Tony. Iconic here. And 
as LaToya says, she has no problem calling out overacting on this show or anything else. But like with the episode Ice, the material here is elevated by the actor and their performance. A thousand percent. This is unbelievable. Unlock the chains and then we'll talk. She says she paid too much attention to a guard. There it is. There it is. She bit into his eyeball. La, 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 la. Pop. Sorry. I'm sorry. Why would you say that? I don't know. You make me watch all of these things, okay? I didn't ever want to think about an eyeball being bitten into. <laughs> uh, she says, we're very bright, we Eves. It runs in the family. And we learned that the Adams and the Eves um, are prone to suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, Eve seven. I love that it's just the sequential order of these Eves. Eve six, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. are the ones that we know of, at least, that have lasted. Um, and, you know, she says, she's not Sally Kendrick. This line, Jenny, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. That's not my name, but she is me, and I am her, and we are all together. Yeah, have you ever heard of a band called The Beatles? <laughs> Cuckoo Kachin? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good, okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, they said, um, they said, like, you are the walrus. And it was like, I am Eve and you are are Eve and we are Eve and we are all together. I was trying to find a horrible a way to horribly uh, mess up the Beatles lyrics, but I couldn't do it. Um, Okay, so we learn that she's been locked up. Um, She's not Sally Kendrick, because when Sally was working at the clinic, she was there in her straitjacket in this detention center. And they keep her alive. She says, in 1985, I had been tied up like this for two years. And for what reason? No reason. I did nothing. I'm just me. They made me. But did they suffer? No. No. I suffer. I suffer. They keep me alive for the Litchfield project. They come in. They test me. They poke me to see what went wrong. Sally knows what went wrong. And this, like, this is, this is a cool, I mean, we like the episode and it's great, but this is, like, a really cool concept that I would have loved to, like, go even deeper into. You know, this, like, these, these Eves were created and they were created in an altered genetic fashion. Um, but what does that mean for them? Who's responsible? Who is responsible for them and their well-being? Is anyone responsible for their well-being? Like, there's just so much. In- Kristen, the government does whatever it wants. Yeah, the government doesn't. Well, don't worry care. about it. Um, they've got, like I said, more chromosomes. I immediately thought that maybe these were the lost numbers. Like, I immediately was like, what are the lost numbers? When she was like, chromosome four, five, 12, 16, 22. They are not the lost numbers. And then she points to the photo on her wall. Why would there be photographic evidence of this? I don't know. Why would she be allowed to have it? (laughs) What does it matter? Because nobody's ever gotten a good look at her. There's no lights in there. So, But I do, as as bizarre as it is that she would have a photo of all of the the Eves when they were kids, it's really fucking creepy and cool, this photo on the wall. Oh, yeah. Chilling. Um, Sally Kendrick, we learn, of course. (gasps) They're on a swing set. I'm sorry. I was wondering if it would still happen after I took the uh, trench coat off. And yes, it did. The little Eves are all scattered on a swing set. (gasps) Oh! I didn't realize. This is what I'm saying. So do you think that the swing sets are clones of each other? They're not actually different swing sets. They genetically cloned the swing sets and the Eves. Each that, Eve, when it's born, comes out with a tiny swing set. Yeah. 
<laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, Sally Kendrick, as we all know, was cloning herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They've got heightened strength. They've got heightened intelligence. They've got heightened psychosis. Even Eve Six knows that Scully is a skeptic. Yeah. She's like, you don't believe me. <laughs> but look at all of us. All of us on our little swing set. Oh, Scully's like, heard of Photoshop. And then you Scully's know. like, there's a sw- another swing set? <laughs> it must be real. Uh, we go to Cindy's house and I write in my notes, there is nothing creepier than a creepy kid who is praying, to be honest. Like, Take a creepy kid and you want to kick that creepiness up a scale, have them just like softly praying. She says, please take care of <laughs> daddy up in heaven. She also, oh, the, the when the Eves are born, they come out with a swing set and a stuffed bunny, actually. <laughs> she also has a stuffed oh, bunny. Yes, how does she have the bunny too? <laughs> no! It's, it's metaphysics, Jenny. It's mm, metaphysics. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Oh, don't you think it's incredibly convenient that the one piece of photographic evidence that Eve Six happens to have of all her clones, they are the exact same age that <laughs> Tina and Cindy are now? They all at the what same the time, odds? they looked at the photographer and said, I was born eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> all right. And Mul- Mulder and Scully's lookout car. <laughs> Mulder's like, uh, Kendrick's accomplice is herself. He's like so excited about clones. <laughs> and Scully was like, yeah, I was starting to suspect the girls. Mulder's but... like, what a dummy. <laughs> like, okay, just like keep that. Just take that little bit of, of Scully saying, I was starting to suspect the girls. And let's just put, yeah. let's, I'll put it in our back pocket. Okay, let's save it for later. Okay. 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 Cindy? I'm so sorry to tell everyone this, but Cindy goes to the window and Scully takes her tiny binoculars and is like, let me see what's going on up there. And this smug bitch is like, boom, <laughs> the fucking window looking right at her in the eye. Uh, you do not, the one thing you don't want when you look at someone through binoculars <laughs> is for them to be staring directly I think this you. is the scariest beat for me. I think this is the scariest beat of the whole episode is Cindy just being like, mm. <laughs> Also, Sally, Eve Sally is in the closet? Question mark. Eve Sally turns a bright light. This is brighter than any closet light has ever been. She turns that light on in the closet and she kidnaps slash abducts Cindy. Scully goes in the front. Mulder takes the back. I wrote that so seriously. And then when I reread it in my notes, like Scully in the front, Mulder in the back, I was like, whoa, (laughs) Kristen. (laughs) That is not appropriate for our family show. Um, Kidnapping Eve bops Scully. She just... What? Did you just say this? No, no. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, but you said Scully in the front, Mulder in the back. Okay, go on. But then you looked at me with such disdain. No, I was listening. Yeah, she basically just like, um, what's what's it called in football? When you just like run through people? a a hug. It's not a a hug run. (laughs) No. A stampede. Uh, Yeah, she just like blasts through Scully and... Then also threw some glass into the yard. For no reason. <laughs> I was going to say, is there no, no reason? No, just a door that opens, it maybe? Defi- it was a sliding door. And fucking oh, no, I feel like Sally sliding doors, the glass and sliding doors is particularly like heavy. Thick. Yeah. Well, but she's so strong. She's so strong. She's like, I got all these extra chromosomes. Pow. Might as well use them. If you got them, use them. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she slams through this door. Um, oh, then the one thing you don't want when you 
aim a flashlight at somebody is to <laughs> is to catch their really intense face. <laughs> Unplanned. We're just good. We're professionals. Uh, which is exactly what Mulder does. Uh, with Sally Kendrick, mm -hmm. he catches her right in the high beams. And Which, to just to note, is our second flashlight use in this episode. Mm. This episode is the second episode to get two, two tallies. Bombs. Yeah. Uh, FBI, I'm armed, says Mulder, making us all feel a little woozy. <laughs> um, uh, she points her gun at Cindy and is like, I'll do it. And you yeah. fucking know I will. Mm -hmm. Makes Mulder drop his gun. She runs her getaway car and she gets the hell out of there. Yes, and she brings Cindy. <laughs> I'm like, which one? <laughs> just say that you just have to say the smug bitch, and then it counts for all of them. <laughs> she brings Cindy uh, into this motel where she has Tina tied up in the bathroom. I guess. I uh, guess, but it doesn't seem like that they even want to be like not want to be tied up. It doesn't seem like they need to be tied up. It seems like yeah. once the tiny Eves are there, they understand the vibe. They smile the creepiest little smiles at each other this the These whole twins the whole um honestly like all of the costuming in this episode was fantastic uh like especially with the uh, Wait, tiny eaves where did their matching outfits come from uh, the old sally kendrick got those matching outfits for them yeah, they probably you have them in left over from the litchfield <gasps> Do you think that all of the Eves wore that and then all of the Adams had like little weird blue suits or like green suits? No, like they couldn't be green because that Christmas. would be Christmas. Yeah, okay. Mm. But yeah, this is like really, really good shit. It's super creepy. It's like later we see them um, like full length and they have like thick red. I don't know why like a tight that you can't see through the tight to anything below is like always makes me think that like a child might murder me, you know? Sure, yeah. But it just has totally. that effect on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um, it's very, very good. So Kendrick tries to throw them off her trail by leaving her car at the airport. So smart. So she's got extra chromosomes. I know. Uh, but Mulder happens to get a well-timed call from a motel manager who's been seeing a Kendrick type coming and going at all hours with and without children. We see him when they first like zoom in on this like hotel apartment complex or whatever, just like raking leaves, but not like actually moving <laughs> any leaves and like looking suspiciously at them. Yeah, looking like an animatronic raker in like a, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's a, a small world. world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so Mulder convinces Scully that like, hey, this, this, this is the kids. And the way he does it is he says, <laughs> groundskeeper remembers one of them telling him to use chlorine in the pool because it will eradicate the dinoflagellates in the water. Now, if you were on the lamb, <laughs> would you go running around telling people to use chlorine to eradicate the dinoflagellates in the pool? I don't even realize that it's a bigger word than other words, right, you right, know? Right, like, right, I feel right. like when you use words like that and you're not just trying to be, oh, you're right, they are smug bitches. They probably would know better. I didn't say that. <laughs> Um, okay. So they're having a little Eve class of today, Eve class of yesteryear huddle. And um we're finding out all kinds of stuff. The Adams and Eves uh would have in in Sally Kendrick's day, psychotic behavior would uh, show up at age 16 homicidal behavior would show up at age 20 mm -hmm. imagine my disappointment when i learned of your accelerated development the way that she says this and like the things that she does with her face while she says it is so 
great. Yeah, I mean, she's unbelievable. Harriet (sighs) Harris, Emmy for Harriet Harris. She already has a Tony, so let's make her a trifectate. What do you call the people that win all of them? You're thinking of an EGOT. Um, Which doesn't, it does include a Tony. Yeah. Yeah, so an EGOT. Um, Ashley in the chat said the matching outfits also clearly a nod to The Shining, which oh. I feel like is very a, a very important observation. And yes, a hundred percent. Um, this is like sad too. You know, I mean, think about it. What came first, The Shining or people who have twins dressing their twins the same? People who have twins. You think that people were like, oh, now that The Shining dressed the twins. Well, I'm just saying, like, is it a nod to The Shining or have twins wearing the same thing set people on edge since time out of mind? Can someone call Tegan and Sarah, please? We have some questions. Um, Here's the thing. I wish that we got more of Sally. Like, I just wish we got just the tiniest bit more of this because it's really interesting. And like, you know, we talk about Yellow Jackets a lot. And like this idea in Yellow Jackets, I feel like of the bad things that happen to you in your life and like how you can go back and can you go back? Can you fix them? Can you heal things? Whatever. And like in this clone universe, like Sally Kendrick, Eve Sally is trying. She's trying. I mean, is it ethical? No. Of course not. But she's trying to make a better life basically for herself. I mean, it's not even for like a version of herself. It is literally for herself. And so she's not being shitty when she's like, I was so disappointed to find out that like everything that she mm. did was like they they are worse off than she even was. I just um, I just think that it is very sad when you look at it from Sally Eve's Eve Sally's perspective. Oh, for sure. You know? And, oh, and yeah. like we get a little bit of that. And clearly Harriet Harris is giving it her all. So we do get that from the performance too. But I don't know. I just think it's a important question. Okay, so let's hear what the Eves are discussing in this kitchen scene. How did you learn of each other's existence? We just knew. Did you discuss how you would orchestrate your little prank? We just knew. Why murder your fathers? They weren't our fathers. We have no parents. We weren't born. We were created. Um, you know, Eve is saying you can't think that way. I was raised by somebody who understood what I needed and we can do the same thing for you. And then Mm. they laugh hysterically as she sees this. Now, for anyone who canceled me earlier for referring to these two as smug (laughs) bitches, please refer to this scene. Kristen's redemption. Thank you. I told you. Um, uh, they put four ounces of foxglove that they extracted from a digitalis plant all on their own. And they put it in her soda. This much is a lethal dose. We cultivated them ourselves. You know, twins really get a bad rap. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why. Yeah. Eve Sally is like, why did you do this? They say, you tell us. You made us. We're your mistake. And she grabs for a knife. Too little, too late, Eve Sally, to correct her mistake. But she cannot kill these two. And then they like, they are geniuses. You got to give them credit. They are geniuses and hams. <laughs> Go <laughs> Absolute on. Absolute hams. They bust the window so that Mulder and Scully, who are outside, come running in to find 
Eve seven on the floor. Tina and Cindy huddled in the corner holding each other. We're so scared. They're like, they're basically like, daddy. <laughs> and, and they're like, the other one ran away. And they're like, what did she look like? And they're like, they just point, point. silently at a poor R.I.P. Uh, Sally Kendrick on the floor. Oh my God. Scully is like immediately so this is where I this is where it goes a little off the rails for me. Um knowing that Scully and Mulder are federal agents and um, you know, might not know about time zones, but should know some stuff. Mm-hmm. Because Scully is basically like, hmm, foxglove. Sweet. Probably imperceptible in sodas. <laughs> hey, what do you say we go get some sodas, girls? Like it's just it just feels like a lot that she is saying this thing could easily be imperceptible in a soda. They go get sodas and later she will take a sip from her soda and say, hmm, syrupy. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just yeah. feel like maybe she would, especially because remember we put it in our back pocket. She suspected them perhaps at yeah. first. So with that, with that suspicion, with knowing they use this thing that's imperceptible in soda, I just feel like our girl would maybe it's- not drink the soda. Yeah, maybe just don't drink the soda, Scully. Um, they yeah, they so they they hatch this little plan and they just knew <laughs> what the plan would be. They stop at a rest stop. Uh Mulder the fool tries to order four <laughs> diet sodas. <laughs> and the girls are like regular in unison. And that's the one time when it's okay that they speak in unison. <laughs> Hey, 1993 was a big year for diet soda. Not for an eight-year-old. Really? I don't think my parents cared. I mean, they cared about no, everything. No, I just mean no eight-year-old would want diet oh, soda want over diet regular soda. soda you okay, know? Fair. That's anyway, fair. Um, Sharon Van Etten is working the counter. Oh, okay. Yeah. You even know what Sharon Van Etten looks like? No. Okay. <laughs> she does music, right? Yes. Okay. Uh... She, I feel like when she first uh, popped off, she had this haircut. They have kind of similar features. And this woman is pouring some sodas while she... This is such a weird order of events. Hello, we'd like four sodas, please. Bye. <laughs> we're not going to pay. We're going to go to the other side of the building. Yeah. We're all going to go to the bathroom. Uh, one of the twins hatches a sneaky little plan, pretending to be stuck in her stall so the other one can sneak out Take the sodas. Sharon Van Etten is like, wait. And the girl's like, it's okay. My dad'll pay for it. She doesn't she notably doesn't say daddy. Says daddy. Like she's like, mm, everyone else wants Mulder to be their daddy. I won't take him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then proceeds to just pour a vial of some t- nasty. So messy. Looking- this is how you know they're eight years old. Yeah. You know? Just foxglove everywhere. So. They put foxglove in two of the sodas and such a missed opportunity that this episode doesn't take place in a season when Fox Mulder would be wearing gloves. Oh, foxgloves. You really like that or are you just humoring <laughs> No, I me? love it. No, I love it. I okay. really love it. Um, imagine getting four sodas for $5. That was one of my <laughs> notes. It's <laughs> $1.25 a soda, Kristen. <laughs> Seems pretty cheap to me. Uh, here's where we get Scully. Mmm, tastes syrupy. Mulder forgets his keys. He goes back. He sees the messy foxglove all over the counter. The fucking woman behind the counter. What's her name? Sharon Van Etten. She's mm-hmm. like, what is 
happening here you know sodas are going no one's paying shit's on the counter yeah yeah i'm trying to run a clean organized business here all fox Mulder had to do was say something like hey she gave us all diet sodas or she gave just but he runs out into the parking lot and is like Scully, everything's fine. I just wanted to open the door for you. And like before they even get around the car, he's like, poof, with his own, it's just like back up to the ground. And of course the girls see this. Like even if they were just regular eight-year-old yeah. girls, they would see this and notice this. I just feel like I just feel like you're you're leaving out some important stuff about like what how Scully slurps her soda. She kind of Sh- like Sh- please. Sh- shrugs Why her shoulder. Why do we not have straws for tonight? She's like trying oh my God, to- we should have had our drinks and trying to find the straw with her mouth. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole thing. It's amazing. <laughs> but you can find the gift very easily on the internet. Go check yeah. it out. It's really good. When we advertise the look that she gives him when he's like, I just wanted to open the door for you. She's like what since when yeah exactly (laughs) oh god he scream whispers they poisoned it and scully loudly proclaims we didn't drink enough to make us sick (laughs) the girls run because of course they fucking do and then two truckers i mean this is the this is the era of milk cartons you know what i mean this is the era of like hey kids be careful out there. So these truckers are on. Um, they're on to the situation. They're like, something's happening because this adult man is really handling these two little girls in a way that doesn't seem safe for anyone. And like, the man's got a point. Oh, <laughs> fully. It looks He's very weird. Um, also, it's so weird. Have you ever seen a trucker trucking with his wife? With no, him? no, but I really loved this trucker for that decision. I, the, like, I feel like the only reason. Also, how do you know that the wife isn't the trucker and she brought her husband? Yeah, okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, anyway, this trucker and his wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. They definitely added the wife so it wouldn't be weird for that. The like trucker. the dude would come out. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Unhand those little girls. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to call the police. And Scully's like, We are the police in a moment i love this is just some it's just some unfortunate <sighs> judgment okay so yeah Sharon i know Va- where you're i can tell when jenny's like really excited to get to something that she has to get through other things to get to it <laughs> Go ahead, take us on the journey sharon van etten's like a school bus full of kids just pulled out so scully tears off as a decoy in their car the girls emerge from a tarp in a boat in this parking lot here's, and is here's like, where she was getting boom and what's so great about this is that they must not have had a take where this didn't happen. These girls are like when when Mulder like grabs them, they're like giggling. They're yeah. just like they're having a blast. Just like, so I can see them smiling, talk. and they're just like, uh, "We're just little girls." <laughs> okay, but Mulder says that's the last thing you are. I don't know if that's exactly the order of things, Mulder. I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's actually the last. They, they technically are just little girls. <laughs> okay, here's white nonsense moment from LaToya number two. Mm. We go back to the Reardon's house and we see a photo of Cindy with her dad. LaToya says, the photo of Cindy with her dad is also white nonsense because you see his big smile and nothing from her, again, could not be me. I would have sent that kid to therapy as soon as possible, at least. 
<sighs> why rip the why are people always ripping photos not, in the television? 90s were a big time you know for how ripping easily photos. that could go wrong because she wants to weirdly she wants to keep the husband's side of the picture even though she'll yeah, always remember even though cindy's shoulder is fully in it um i feel like just let go of the photo you probably have photos of your husband ma'am yeah but this is i mean we're not going to get too deep into it we're doing a live taping what have you but this is a wild thing for mrs reardon to be like she was never my daughter mrs reardon said Fuck Cindy. <laughs> Miss Ridden said, fuck that smug bitch. <laughs> she was a smug bitch coming out and she was a smug bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my God. You know what you? they say? Comedy in 30s. <laughs> so regardless of the cloning of it all, regardless of a lot of things, this woman raised Cindy for eight years. And I don't think it would be as um, tear the photo, burn it. She was never mine to begin with. Um, okay, but kind of she did kill her husband. Yes. I think I might be like, someone put this egg in me <laughs> without my consent. And then it grew to murder my husband. Yes. Ever since she was born eight years ago, she was always destined to grow up and kill Mr. Reardon. Along with the swing set that inexplicably came out of yeah. me as well. Okay. That's the Luther Stapes special, Kristen. We got <laughs> Unlimited embryo transfers plus a swing set and a bunny. That's right. All right. So we leave the Reardon home and we go to Litchfield one last time. And this is, yeah. What do you think Eve 8 was doing the whole time? Just sipping pina coladas? Well, let's just be clear. At the Whiting Institute, okay, Eve 6 is still where we last saw her, but now Eve's 9 and 10 have been added, and they mm -hmm. press their creepy little faces up against the grating. And then um, in walks a lab coat with a tidy ponytail. But, oh uh oh she has auburn hair, which has suddenly... <laughs> Setting me on edge. <laughs> she turns and oh my God, it's Eve 8. And they're all of them are just like being like creepy in a never ending cycle together. We've been waiting. We just knew. So is Eve 8 now in charge? Is she the doctor in charge of the remaining part, uh, individuals from the Litchfield experiment? What do you mean? Oh, like she was coming to reclaim them? I don't know about reclaim them. Like, is she the one running the tests? Is she the one poking Eve, Eve six? six? Yeah, because you were saying who's responsible. Yeah. Uh, you know, is she responsible? Because they obviously anybody who looks at her, oh, well, actually, they've never gotten they've a never, good look at Eve six. They've so never they may not realize that Eve eight is identical to Eve six. They wouldn't have let her into the Litchfield blaze if they recognized that she was the same. Yeah. Unless. She, she is known okay. to be the doctor. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about that at all. Me, me, me neither they until don't right now. Seem, don't you think that if she was like in charge and the one poking and prodding that like the little Eves would not be like, we always knew you'd come or whatever the fuck they're saying. Like they seem like into it. I just assume that Eve maybe ate, she's going to break them out. Oh, fully. I, I think like she's going to use her, you know, extra 14 chromosomes and just pop the doors off and they'll all run away. All right. Right. Yeah. And then they'll and then they'll put other Eve embryos inside of bodies. And I mean, Eve, the Eves, they're among us, you know? No. Yeah. I'm always the Eves. That. They're out there. OK. Are we ready? I think 
I think we've arrived. Kristen, are you prepared? I'm ready. Welcome back to another thrilling installment of the Sexual Tension Awards here on the EX Files. Oh my goodness. Uh, so many slots, so many noms with which to fill them up to their brims as though they were cups of coffee on the very edge of a countertop. <laughs> uh, you know how this works. Uh, buckle up for couplings, thrupplings, and beyond. In slot number one, you remember uh, Salvador Dali and his melting clocks across the sprawling wasteland? <laughs> yeah, you're familiar with the persistence of time, but have you considered <laughs> the pairing of Eve and the persistence of Eves? <laughs> I have considered it. I know you have, I know you have. Uh, in slot number two, mm -hmm. even in 2023, some people are just traditionalists, you know, and they want to open the door for you, especially when your diet soda is full of digitalis. <laughs> so for that reason, and so many others, Mulder and Scully in slot number two. Hell yeah. In slot number three, it's often been said that it takes two to make a thing go right. Mm. It takes mm -hmm. two to make it out of sight, mm -hmm. you know? It's also been said that, you know, like, you really need things to all line up. Like, every, to have your, like, best life or for things to really go off without a hitch, everything kind of needs to be, like, the wheels need to be greased. Everything needs to be moving in concert with, one, you know, mm -hmm. all the other elements of something. Uh, and that is why, in slot number three, we have chosen to nominate Soda Lady, a.k.a. Sharon Van Etten, and Getting Paid. This woman's had a long day. She does not need to be accounting for the $5 missing from her drawer at the end of the night when she just wants to go home to her boyfriend mm -hmm. and watch a nice, mm -hmm. spooky episode of The X-Files uh, with know, her feet up. <laughs> you really, like, every time you do sexual tension awards now, I think of you saying, will they, won't they? And, like, this is a big will. Will they, won't they? Will she get paid for the sodas or won't she? She did. <laughs> did it's she? Okay. She did. She did. Mulder gave the five. Mulder, Mulder didn't. Mulder actually said, do you want to pay? And his one, like, I know how to deal with kids yeah. moment. It's right up there with nice bunny. And in slot number four, uh, what some might consider a shoe in for this episode, if A only... red shoe in? Yes, absolutely. If only for the sheer repetition you know i feel like a big part of like uh ads and political campaigns is like just getting imprints on a person you've seen me so many times on the tv you might just buy a car from mm -hmm. my dealership mm -hmm. uh these two individuals really have visibility going mm -hmm. for them in this episode in slot number four we've got daddies and exsanguination <laughs> long may they reign um andy would like to know why jenny's hand and Kristen's shoulder are not being nominated and that i have to tell you folks on patreon we can actually have five nominations so in slot number five i'm putting it in they can will they won't say when will they stop it's jenny's hand and Kristen's shoulder oh god uh, if you are listening to this episode that means 
that you might possibly want to vote in this poll. So please visit bufferingcast.com slash STA, which will lead nice you job. via the breadcrumbs that are made of zeros and ones mm-hmm. directly to our poll on Patreon. You don't have to be a patron to vote. Just got to show up and make an account. I wish I had our email up right now like I normally would for a recording because somebody actually wrote to us about faxes because I was like, if you put ones and zeros into a fax, (laughs) is it becoming ones and zeros? And someone wrote and was like, it's actually like, (laughs) you know, I'll paraphrase it for you. Totally wrong. Don't believe me. (laughs) They were like, it's actually singing a song. And that song is like, like there, it's like something either visual or or auditory or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not ones and zeros. I'll find the email and I'll actually tell you the truth next episode but for now just say to everyone a fax machine it just sings you a song okay yeah 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 yeah. sings a song uh did you finish the end of it is you it, know are we done Kristen? i did okay and we're back <laughs> incredible stuff um uh, i wish every podcast taping was this yeah <laughs> sheer chaos yeah uh Kristen. yes gaze if you dare into the abyss and by abyss i mean crystal ball and tell me please if you find that it stares back into you So what do you think? What do I think about what? What's in your... Sorry, what does your crystal ball think? Wow, why are you being such a smug bitch about my crystal ball? The fuck? I, okay. I don't know. Cecilia, I'm, I'm answering... This is a live episode, which means you get to ask the crystal ball the questions you would like to know. Cecilia wants to know, will we ever see the eaves again? The crystal ball says, absolutely not. They're gone. Done. No more eaves. They're too smart for all that. Uh, Christine wants to know if they... if. Uh, we think that there will be more clones. We, me and my crystal ball, if we think that there will be more clones in the X-Files. This is a really good question and you'd think that the crystal ball would say yes, but I actually asked the crystal ball the same question and it said no. Okay. This is it. Clones, done. Fascinating. You heard it here first. Susan wants to know if we will see cows, the intersection of cows and the paranormal again. (laughs) One million percent yes. There are so many cows in this crystal ball you don't even know. <laughs> this is these are this is cows running. Okay. <laughs> Trotting through a field. Meredith wants to know, will the show ever deal with vampires? And like, I really want them to. And they probably will because this show is like 147 seasons long. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I imagine that at some point they'll just have to give into it. But this episode deeply feels like they will never go there because yeah, it's like, n- if not now, when? Right. No one, two puncture wounds in the neck, exsanguination, and no one says the word vampire. It feels... Wild. So I, I, my crystal ball suggests there's a teeny tiny little vampire in the corner. I think we might, okay, okay. might get something. Um, and then the question of deep throat, um, you know, uh, will we see deep throat again? Yes, um, we will. This is not part of, do you have questions for the crystal ball? Why would, why would I get in the way of all this? Um, okay. In Fallen Angel, 
I said that even though Deep Throat has been thrown under the bus by the writers, you know, you know, like <laughs> character assassination, character assassination, my Deep Throat, um, I don't believe yet that his keep your enemies closer is actually in reference to Mulder. Mm. Um, I still feel that way, especially with this, because I do, I still don't understand why he would even get involved in this at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It literally has nothing to do with aliens. Unless like Jenny said, there are exsanguinating aliens uh, also mm -hmm. at play. Um, Oh, it looks like I also saw something earlier in my crystal ball that I was really <laughs> sad about. And what was that? Uh, they aren't going to kiss in season one. <laughs> Okay. I'm so upset about it. My crystal ball showed it to me and I was like, stop it. But I don't <laughs> think they're going to kiss this season. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I, I'm just going to bleed over into Latoya's question for me, which is not a crystal ball question, um, but it is related to Deep Throat, which is why do you think that Mulder trusts Deep Throat, not his partner, over Scully, who is his partner? Is it because he enables Mulder's fixation? <gasps> In a way that Scully does not. <gasps> or is it a daddy issue? <laughs> Latoya, Latoya says that she feels like it is a daddy issue in this episode. Cool. I agree. I think that actual, the, actually the first question is really astute. I think like clearly you want to spend time with the guy who's telling you that everything that you think is true is true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Scully, I mean, and clearly you also want to hang out with the hot lady who says it's not. Like sure, sure, Mulder sure. really has a great situation he's going got it on. all he's got it all um so that's i think everything for my crystal ball um just so you know you can now ask your questions to the crystal ball at any point mm -hmm. by emailing crystal ball at bufferingcast.com uh i will answer your questions uh, by looking into my amethyst crystal ball free of charge what a thrill free of charge so exciting yeah you want to know if you should leave your boyfriend email me you should mm. leave that leave that fucker you know what i mean Sorry, it's the crystal ball. It's not me. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Ooh, well, Kristen, I would say that the status of this X-File, <laughs> what else could it be but exsanguinated? It is exsanguinated. And, we did it. Um, yeah, we did it. Wow. Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not out chasing down leads and following my hunches... <laughs> You know, and buying very blurry photographs of triangles hovering in the air for $20 from diner waitresses. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, just like kicking around making music. In fact, Kristen, when this episode goes live, mm. I will have just released the first single from my first proper full-length studio album in over a decade. Holy shit. Uh, you can learn more about that. On my website, JennyOwenYoungs.com, or by sneaking a little peek at my social media, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, Jenny Owen Youngs on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, everywhere you could possibly look. There you will find me under the name Jenny Owen Youngs, hiding in plain sight. Come do it. Come say hi. Uh, I'm Kristen Russo, and when I am not waiting for the uh, epic release of a new album by Jenny Owen Youngs, I... I'm often working with and for queer communities. You can learn more about the work that I do in those spaces on my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. -E. You can also use that spelling to find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and kind of on TikTok. Buffering, a rewatch adventure. 
is all over the internet. Uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at BufferingCast. You can also head over to our website, which is BufferingCast.com. You can email us at hello at BufferingCast.com. Please, we want to hear from you. We're so lonely. <laughs> Uh, If you want to support our work, you can do that over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash bufferingcast. All this, again, just on bufferingcast.com. Everything you need to know is there. Uh, Also, you know, in case you friggin' missed it, patrons are hanging out with us this summer in a little theme called Hot Dad Summer, where we're uh, watching (gasps) Giles episodes with uh, newly minted hot dad, Jenny Owen Youngs. Jenny, you're going to do a concert. Hooray. Giles songs on July 15th. There's a lot of fun shit going on on Patreon. So come join us, please. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. And till next time, the pod is daddy. Monsters lurk in the shadowy corners of the internet. Our darkest fears peer back at us from the depths of the web. We can all... Hey, holy... Hey, Linda Blair. Are you all right? No. Can we maybe do this a different tone? Hey there, I'm Perry Carpenter. And I'm Mason Amadeus. On our podcast, Digital Folklore, we explore monsters, memes, and everything in between. Looking at our digital expressions through the lens of folklore, we break down the stories and communities we create online. And we try to make it a lot of fun. The show is presented in an audio drama style with a narrative and soundscape that's designed to draw you in. We weave insightful research and expert interviews with humor and storytelling. Come check it out. Search Digital Folklore wherever you get your podcasts.